Merry Christmas to everyone, and it is typical in the Catholic Church, not typical, we always do it, but it's typical, that on the first Sunday after Christmas, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I think for a lot of us, if we ever take time to think, which I don't do very often, I probably should do more, maybe you're in the same boat, but we need to ask ourselves, like, what does it mean to be holy? And I think a lot of us, we think holy means perfect, you don't need problems, and your life is always lollipops and gumdrops. But that's not what holy means. To be holy means to be set apart. But for what? It's for a specific mission. So when the angel Gabriel, in the story of the Annunciation that we've been hearing through Advent and often through the Christmas season, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, he said, the Lord be with you, or the Lord is with you, right? And anytime these words were said to anyone throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, there was a calling to a specific mission at a specific time for a specific cause that only they could fulfill. So both Mary and Joseph were told the same words by the angel, do not be afraid or be not afraid. And I think for a lot of us, if we even thought about making our own family, our own community holy, or even being holy ourselves, I think that we're afraid of what others might think of us. I was totally there when I first felt called to be a priest. What are other people going to think about me? Because I had a past, pretty checkered, right? Or is it that we're afraid of, well, we don't know enough to be holy, right? Or too far, or damaged goods, whatever our excuse may be. But that kind of fear is actually normal due to original sin. But we ought to be more fearful of not answering the call of God to be holy, that is, to be set apart for a mission. And if we have accepted the life-changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we ought to fear a few things. The first thing I would say is we ought to fear that we're wasting our lives. We ought to fear that we're missing out on God's love for each of us. All of us have that hole in our heart that only God's love can fill. We ought to fear missing out on the greatest adventure, you know, which means that in this universal call to holiness, and universal call to holiness means that everyone is called to be holy, no matter what your past may be, the Lord has big, big plans for you. I would never imagine I'd be as happy as I am by saying yes to Christ and his saving mission just for me, right? So let's quick look at the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph and how they are more relatable than you might think. Because again, I think a lot of us think perfect mean, holy means perfect. But Mary, we have a teen who is pregnant and has a child as a teen. That still happens today. Joseph is marrying a woman with a child that is not his. That still happens today. And they will be made fun of by other people replacing Christ at the center of what they do, that still happens today. But the difference with them is that they are not primarily focused on themselves or what other people think. The center of what they do is the living person of Jesus Christ. And because they asked questions and they searched and they said yes to God, they will be able to participate in the joyful and saving mission of Jesus Christ to help all those who are trapped in sin. And only Jesus is the remedy that can untrap them, if that's even a word, right? 
But they needed to be reminding each other constantly of what the angels told them. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid. Yet it is God, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who humbly places himself under the mantle or the authority of Mary by letting her give him flesh and be his mother. Jesus is modeling for each of us how to have a holy family. So first of all, placing yourself under the authority or mantle of Mary. The second thing is that Jesus places himself with Mary under the protection and authority or the mantle of Joseph to protect them and guide them. So I think for a lot of us, the question is, why don't we do that? And maybe we have been doing that, so good on you. If you're doing that, you should be definitely like saying, this is right, let's go. But why don't we do what Jesus did in the Bible? You know, St. Teresa of Avila, who's a doctor of the church, when she speaks on St. Joseph, she said he is the protector and guide of the interior life. So Mary has a pondering heart. She asks deep questions. And Jesus, who is God, is at the center of everything she does. So it means each of us is called to form or reform our interior life. But that means we have to detach from those unhealthy fears we talked about earlier of what other people thinks, think about us or if we have what it takes. And I suggest a few answers to that is that we need to spend quality time in prayer with Scripture, in community, that means with friends, or with our families. And I have a challenge for every single person here to start a Bible study in 2022. Yeah, I'll just say that again because maybe you're like, no way, I could do that. But I want to challenge everyone here in 2022 to start a beginner's Bible study with some friends or neighbors or even your own family. And I just want you just to think for a second is that if you don't do this, what will your life look like in five years? But if you do persevere and you take up this challenge, what could your life look like in five years? You know, I recently gave a talk on how to start a beginner's Bible study, and I'd just like to quick review that so you can start a Bible study by placing Jesus, the Word made flesh, at the center of your family and friendships like Mary and Joseph did. And again, I just want to say you don't need to be a priest. You don't need to be a religious sister. You just need to be willing. You just need to be willing to bring light into the darkness in this world. And over time, you will, will gain confidence. You know, if you remember maybe when you first started drawing as a little kid, more practice and you got better. Your first time you started writing letters and your penmanship got better over time, unless you're me, because I can't figure that one out, right? Or when you started to crawl and then walk and then run and then you got on bikes and you could do more. So the first thing is to be patient. You know, and call it a beginner's Bible study. I use the word beginner because it softens a blow for anybody who has excuses and anybody who thinks I don't know enough so I can't go, right? Or to anyone who just might be fearful of being made fun of. And then it's important to talk to people, pick a date, pick a time that you can be faithful to every week and try to shoot for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I just want to say your Bible study will fly by. It's just going to fly by. You're always going to wish you had more time and that's a good thing. The next thing I recommend is everyone having the same Bibles because you don't want people to feel left out or be discouraged if they haven't been to a Bible study before or in a long time and they're wondering where are they, what page are you on. And if they bring their own Bible, that's fine, but it just seems to make things run more smoothly and be easier. So firstly, I recommend 
starting with a simple prayer when people come. You say, hey, thank you for coming. Let's just quick pray. And if they're Catholic, not Catholic, or even atheist, whatever, you can pray. Catholics pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You can do that if you want. Or pray these words, come Holy Spirit, please make Jesus real to us. Amen. Keep it simple. It works. And always thank people for coming. And just want to say when I first started mine at a parish and I could preach to everyone to come, six people came and I was pretty frustrated. But the second week, 12 people came. And the third week, 20 people came. So it's important to be patient. And when you begin and people are sat and they're kind of in their area, is just to ask people to share a high and a low moment each week. And this will take time to get used to. But if someone's like an extrovert, you want to start with them. And a God moment, to ask them to share about that. So a high moment is like, well, well this week. A low moment was what, what didn't go so well. And a God moment is where they notice God working in their lives. And people can share if they don't want to, can share or not share if they don't want to. No one's ever forced in a Bible study. And one thing I do to keep it simple is I look at one of the readings for the upcoming Sunday. I go to the USCCB website. And I always take just 10, 15 minutes to look over the word, pray for the people I've invited to come, and to choose a reading. And sometimes I go through the whole whole gospel story, the whole first reading, second reading, or psalm. Sometimes I just look at a few verses. I recommend starting with a few verses, start small. And know always that God can work through anything. And it's just important to be not afraid. And also do your best to be okay with silence. Because that's going to be a big part of how I run it. And when I run a Bible study, I just do four steps because they're simple and I'm not smart, and simple works for people who are not that smart. And if you're in that boat, this will be super helpful for you. So, so when people open their Bibles, I say, I'll begin by reading the passage and ask you to focus right now on one word that stands out to you. And after a minute or two of silence after reading, I'll ask them if they want to share that one word. And everyone goes around and shares that one word, one to two minutes. The second step is to read the passage again and ask everyone to focus on one word, and now to focus on a phrase three to five words long. And after a minute or two of silence, ask everyone to share the one word or the one phrase. They don't need to explain why. You can always tell them that's not what we're doing yet. But just let the word of God to rest on the altar of their hearts. The third step is to read the passage again, asking them to focus on that one word and one phrase, and just to gently ask God, even if they don't believe he exists, but if they could try. What do you think he's trying to say to you with what's going on in your life right now? And then take one or two minutes of silence after reading it and ask for their responses. And your Bible study might just rest here. It might be a good conversation. The important thing is just let it go. Step four is to do that again, to read the scripture passage and ask them to focus on one word, that one word and one phrase, and ask them, what do you think God's trying to ask you to do with what's what stood out to you? Read it, one or two minutes, and then just ask for the responses. I like to briefly just try this with the understanding that Mary and Joseph placed Jesus at the center of what they did, and Jesus placed himself under the mantles of Mary and Joseph. Because Jesus did it, and Mary and Joseph did it, I think we ought to do it the same. And for anyone who's listening on the podcast, I encourage you after each time I read the passage, just press pause. If you want to use this for the, starting a beginner's Bible study, I highly recommend it. It's super easy. And all of us are being called 
to mission. We need to recall over and over what Mary and Joseph recalled, be not afraid, be not afraid, be not afraid. So I just want, I'm going to read this one time, and I want you to assume that you have the word in front of you, and just to focus on what one word stood out, stands out to you. As I read from the gospel today. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to Jesus, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what Jesus said to them. So Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth, and was obedient to them. And his mother Mary kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. So maybe just press pause right now and focus on what one word stood out to you after a minute or two of silence. I'll read it again. This time, with that one word in mind, I want you to focus on what phrase stands out to you. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to Jesus, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what Jesus said to them. So Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother Mary kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. What one word stood out to you and what phrase stood out to you? I encourage you to press pause and give it a minute or two of silence and just let those words rest upon you. I'll read it one more time, and then we'll go into our last session here. And then you can maybe do that fourth step yourself. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to Jesus, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And Jesus said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what Jesus said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother Mary kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. So I want you to recall that one word, that one phrase, and just to ask yourself, God, with what's going on in my life right now, what are you trying to say to me? God might speak to you through an image, a memory, or through something simple. I encourage you to press pause for a minute or two and let the word rest upon the altar of your heart. And I encourage you to do step four, do all those first three steps, and then ask, after reading, ask, God, what do you want me to do? Pope Benedict says that the word of God is fully exhausted only when it comes out of our minds, our bodies, our hearts, right? 
And also he said the practice of Bible study or Lexio Divina, that's what we're really doing, is only complete once we realize that we are every single person in the gospel. And it will bring about the new springtime, the new evangelization or a revival. And God knows we need that because God has set you apart for a specific mission at this specific time. And he has big, big plans for you. And your encouragement is to not be afraid and to start little by doing this and trying this. And to know that if you are like Jesus and you place yourself under the mantles of Mary and Joseph, you'll be part of part, be a part of this great saving mission. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.